Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. The BBC is reporting that Boris Johnson has been appointed Foreign Secretary. Earlier in the hour, we learned that Philip Hammond was appointed the UK's Chancellor of the Exchequer. S&P 500 index higher now by uh, less uh, than a point at 2152. Little change there, Dow Industrials up 25 points, a gain of 0.1%. NASDAQ down 9 to 5,013, a drop there of two-tenths of 1%. Tenure up 1430 seconds, yield there 1.46%. Gold up 950 the ounce to 1344, a gain of seven-tenths of 1%. And crude oil down $1.85 a barrel, 44.95 right now on West Texas Intermediate, lower by 3.9%. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Intel, its computer security unit, McAfee, is drawing interest from private equity firms as the company considers selling the business. This is according to people with the knowledge uh, knowledge of the matter contacted by Bloomberg. Here to talk about the deal and his story is Bloomberg's own Kyle Porter. He is from our deals team here in the U.S. So, Kyle, uh, why is Intel considering selling its computer security unit at a time? when so many people are concerned about computer security? Oh, good afternoon. It's a combination of factors, really. The fact that the acquisition was done five years ago, there was an aim of integrating into the process of constructing the computer chip uh, security software. And that has gone a lot slower than Intel would have liked. At the same time, there's been a real uh, lack of comparative investment in the product and has allowed competitors to get ahead. Uh, that has allowed um, them to look forward and say, well, maybe we should be doing something better with this business. Maybe there is a better owner. And private equity, frankly, it's a corporate widowed asset. It's sort of the classic thing that they look at. Kyle, the price tag in 2010 was $7.7 billion. Was this a $7.7 billion mistake? <laughs> That's above my pay grade to answer with a yes or no. But if you look at the division in which McAfee sits, and there are other products in there. Uh, their operating profit last year was $210 million. If you take an EBITDA figure, it's not going to be a million miles away from that, and you're not going to get more. Even at 11 times, you'd be talking possibly $3 billion for a private equity firm to buy it. So it sounds like uh, you just answered Pim's question. <laughs> if you bought it for almost $8 billion and you're going to sell it for 3 maybe that wasn't such a good deal. So with that in mind, who wants to buy it? Who says, great, we can pick up a bargain now? From the information that we've received, it's been the private equity firms that have a lot of technology experience. Uh, Three of the firms listed in the story, two, Tom Abrara and Vista, only really do uh, technology and software deals. Um, Amira, the third firm that we have listed there, has also got a very long uh, track record of doing deals in this space and being very successful at it. We understand if a process is initiated, and it's, you know, you've got to be clear that 
while we understand that Intel has talked to potential advisors about running something, they haven't made a decision yet, uh, you could expect a few other sponsors to come out of the woodwork. Is McAfee competitive in the security business right now? It's certainly not. It's certainly a well-known brand and, you know, it's used by a lot of businesses and uh, consumers. Uh, where you put it in the top five or the top ten, yeah, I'd still say quite possibly. So uh, what does this mean for Intel? I guess uh, outside of the, the – the, the, is there anything else they might want to sell, for example? I mean, is there anything that's sort of hanging around their neck now that you guys are, are trying to suss out? Well, there's been a lot of talk around Intel. I mean, it's – if they've made very public statements, they're looking at refocusing, uh, looking at doing different things with the business. Earlier this year, there was talk of them selling off a significant chunk of their uh, venture capital portfolio. We'd estimated about a billion's worth, and that was all smaller businesses that they'd linked to growing consumer parts of the business. Now, that was subsequently pulled. We understand partly as a result of pressure internally and uh, partly because there was a feeling that they weren't going to get the prices that they wanted from uh, specialist private equity players. But I wouldn't be surprised to see more news on Intel possibly looking at investments in the coming months. Uh, is uh, Brian Krasanich, this is the chief executive of Intel, is this part of his overall strategy for the company? Uh, he's certainly looking at um, streamlining and changing the company and boosting the productivity. As you mentioned in the story, um, there's definitely been a sort of pivot in the past couple of years by Intel, you know, away from more of the consumer and the PC business. Uh, I'm just wondering, too, uh, in the environment we're in right now, you had a story this week about Perla Weinberg, another big private equity arm, uh, saying it plans a second fund. What is the, what's the landscape now? What's the mood? We've got the beige book today from the Fed, modest growth in the U.S., Brexit uncertainty in the U.K. How would you describe sentiment and animal spirits right now? Uh, in terms of private equity? In private equity and deals in general, because it's considered a pretty strong macro signal when they pick up and or if they slow down. Well, that's very true. But if you're looking at private equity, you know, the basic model is to, you know, buy low and sell high. And when equities are this high, it's very difficult to compete against corporates when you're looking at acquisitions and bringing stuff in directly from the stock market. There's been, you know, not a great deal of activity on that from the past two or three years. And sponsors are continuing to accumulate capital and not doing deals. If you're looking to exit, it's been a perfect time for that. And there's been record distributions by a lot of sponsors over the past two to three years. They're now desperate to start getting things done. And the best environment to do that is to go look for assets that they consider widowed by corporates that when you come in, you can pull them out and get a dedicated management team in there. You can improve them. And you could certainly say that McAfee would fit into that bucket. Thank you very much for spending time with us. Uh, Kyle Porter is Deals, America's reporter for Bloomberg News, uh, speaking about the uh, potential sale of uh, Intel's McAfee unit said to draw interest from a variety of private equity firms. Uh, shares of Intel are up 12 cents right now, $35.07. Let's turn our attention now to politics. And John Heilman, he is, the, of course, the co-host of With All Due Respect, co-managing editor, Bloomberg Politics. He is also the host uh, of the program weeknights, 5 p.m. on Bloomberg Television and uh, Bloomberg 99.1 in Washington, D.C. John Heilman, uh, give us an update on the vice presidential selection process for uh, let's start off with uh, Donald Trump. Well, the game's afoot, Pim. Um, you know, we had uh, the big news this morning was, you know, Donald Trump had been in Indi- Indi- Indianapolis last night. Uh, on stage with Governor Pence, a lot of reporting suggesting that Pence was, uh, if not the certain pick, certainly uh, in among the top one or two 
um, or the top two or three maybe considerations. Um, Trump made some comments last night on stage that suggested that kind of toying with the idea of calling Pence potential vice president. And then his family, Trump's family, showed up this morning uh, to meet with him and Governor Pence at the governor's mansion. So Ivanka Trump and Eric Trump and uh, Paul Manafort, the campaign manager, all caught on camera showing up there. Uh, and a lot of people as at 8 or 9 or 10 a.m. this morning thought, well, that's it. It looks like it's going to be Mike Pence. Then suddenly we learned that Newt Gingrich was on his way to Indianapolis also, as was Jeff Sessions, uh, the senator, Alabama senator, who's uh, uh, been doing a lot of what was the only, I believe, Senate endorser for uh, Donald Trump. So those two guys are now meeting with Trump and the family also. And it's said that Trump spoke today on the phone with Chris Christie and that his family met with Christie a couple days ago. So we believe at this point, and, you know, you never really know in the world of beep stakes. There could always be a surprise. But we think at this moment that the short list is now down to those four guys, Gingrich, uh, Sessions, Christie, and Pence. And I think that where we're at right now is, is Trump trying to do his final gut check. He knows these guys a little bit now, knows what they believe in, knows how compatible they are, but trying to figure out what does he really want from a running mate most and who does he feel most comfortable with, not just as a a, a, a companion on the campaign trail, but also potentially as a governing partner if he wins. So for those, I, I, and Newt Gingrich has been so much in the public eye, Chris Christie in the public eye. Tell us a bit more about Indiana Governor Mike Pence, because, John, I would say among the four you've mentioned, he seems to be the least known on the national stage. He's a highly uh, regarded and well-known figure within the conservative movement. He was a uh, a congressman, a congressman for a very long time from Indiana before he became the governor of Indiana, succeeding the very popular governor, uh, Mitch Daniels. And he's a guy who's very, very, uh, he's a social conservative, uh, a strong, strong, ardent, uh, born-again Christian, uh, very, very far on the conservative end of the spectrum in terms of his views on social issues and cultural issues, also a very strong conservative on foreign policy and on uh, fiscal matters. And the, to the extent that Trump is interested in him, it seems to be driven, at least in terms of if you're thinking about pure political calculation, driven by the problem that Trump has with uh, conservatives in his own party. If he's going to try to unify the Republican Party and pull people from the right into his column, uh, some of whom are still dubious about him, Pence would be maybe a good way to do that. John, can you comment on uh, the ongoing battle, it seems, between Donald Trump and uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, a Supreme Court justice? Well, it's a little unusual, for sure, Pim. I mean, the notion that Ruth Bader Ginsburg decided to uh, criticize Donald Trump three times in the course of the last few days, uh, on Friday, uh, on Saturday, and then again on Monday, to various news outlets. Uh, it's unusual for a sitting Supreme Court justice to insert him or herself in politics in that way. Uh, but Ginsburg, as you know, is known as the notorious RBG, so maybe she's mm -hmm. just trying to live up to her nickname. Um, Trump, of course, has now attacked her twice on Twitter, uh, first telling her that she uh, should not have said what she said and should apologize, then saying that she should resign. Um, you know, uh, it's a little unclear what Bader Ginsburg's motives are other than speaking her heart and she doesn't really care. This is a, tr a fight, though, that's kind of good for Trump. Beating up judges, good with conservatives. John Heilman, thank you so very much. He's co-host of With All Due Respect. He hosts With All Due Respect Monday through Friday at 5 o'clock Wall Street time on Bloomberg TV. You can also catch that show on Bloomberg 99.1 in Washington, D.C. This is Bloomberg. 
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.